Welcome to episode 309 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. Yes, once again, as expected, we've all taken part of the online polls. We've all put our money in. We've all, the bets, the betting is closed on whether or not Russell John, the fisherman, is wearing his own merchandise to his own show. And I can confirm that is the case. Does it count if we don't have a video component? Well, we do have a video taking component. taking a fucking shot at me. We do have a video component to talk to our scab producer who decided to move across the country, Randy Michael Statt. <laughs> That's me. I'm scabbing over here. <laughs> well, you really just like transitioned out of my like little part there in the intro. When I see an opportunity, oh I God. take it. <laughs> I have a lot of things to talk about. That's troubling. That include, you know, it's just me and the audience here. That's and, why we're uh, moving quick, baby. I know, you you dicks. Anyway, I know everybody's super curious, and I uh, I did it. I officially defeated House of Leaves. 737 pages of Labyrinth, and it was uh, transcendent. I feel a better person having read it. How long were the Spark Notes? What the hell is Spark Notes? Cliff Notes. Oh, it's, is that like a website that you can like cheat read a book? Yes. Well... Is that even probably a website now? But they used to be little yellow books. Cliff Notes is. I don't know why I defaulted to Spark Notes. Uh, Yeah, should have said Cliff Notes. Spark Notes were the knockoff. I don't know what's happening. Sparknotes.com. Yeah, I I don't like the implication you were going for. Pink Monkey was the other one. Pink Monkey. Pink (laughs) Monkey was the other one. Did you accidentally mistype a porn site and end up there? Is no, that let how you me know explain about that? something to you. I knew all of the shortcuts okay. in high school. Thank you very no, much. No, honestly, um, it, trying to take a shortcut with that fucking book from 2000, would uh, you'd only be robbing yourself. And even though I had to really, like when I read it, when I start a book, I'm already thinking about when I'm going to finish it. It's really, I just want to get through it. And um, You do that with everything, though. Dude by the when i was like 10 pages from the end and i knew because i was keeping track of all the extra pages i read at the back and everything i uh i got this weird feeling man that i was like i gotta reread this book and i was excited to and the whole time when i was talking Oxon, the whole time i was bedridden i was just like there's no way why do people reread this fucking book like when we called nick i'm like nick is a, a maniac Confirmed. He's much smarter than me. I'm like, clearly only intellectual people want to reread this book. And got to the end, and I'm like, I guess it's not true. Because yeah, I want you to. Yeah, yeah. Stop getting hung up on that intellectual battle you have with him. <laughs> no one gives a shit about smarts anymore. <laughs> it's an inner struggle. Book smarts doesn't get you shit. The world, is run, the world is run by C students. Confirming that is our own C student, Oksana Valeria Novosachi. Who you, runs this household? <laughs> Weren't you? Were you? You weren't. I. I mean, I wasn't like an A student or anything. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. Okay. I don't. You know, there's a great quote. I couldn't tell you who said it, but they said, "Those who don't read have no advantage over those who can't read." I do read, though. I wasn't. That wasn't aimed at you. I was looking <laughs> at Clark. I'm sorry. I've read <laughs> the same amount of books this year as you have. Not true. How many have you read? One. I've read three. Okay. Well, I am. <laughs> Two of them may have involved pictures, but they count. Okay. But look, I read a book in one day on January 1st, <laughs> so I'm posting for the rest of the month. Oh, my God. You had headphones on. 
somebody who cares all right i'll give you that if you can give me like graphic novels and manga i don't give a fuck all right. if you want to read stupid shit that's on you actually the junji ito stuff uh, again shout out God to nick nordlinger uh great fantastic books i ended up fuck we went to japan town to go buy more i'm addicted also, I'm, I was reading in the mouth of madness a uh, in the manga, mouth of madness, a manga uh, rendition of it, and it's two volumes. The first one here's the problem when you're doing Lovecraft stuff; it's just Lovecraft every time, and people are always trying to just portray Lovecraft in a way. This manga visually stunning; it actually like supersedes the text and was makes it, it worth it. Was it as racist as Lovecraft? Um, it, it doesn't come up in that story. I don't think. And I mean, you know, Lovecraft being racist is a product of the time. I would say it's more interesting, his weird flirtation with architecture, which is going to be a theme this week. I mean, if you got, if your last name is Lovecraft, uh, yeah, you would think. There's, there's, a, there's an <laughs> assumption there that you lay the wood. Yeah. It is his craft. Randy, do you think that uh, Lovecraft could fuck? I thought maybe by that you were going with he's an alien fucker, like he loves. Air, uh, alien craft, spacecrafts. Okay, Randy. Okay, well, <laughs> it's possible. That's why, that's why we mainly speak on the show. God, damn. and you just pepper in with your own fucking psychosis. I'm out here, dude. What is pepper? <laughs> what's pepper in? That, that's it, it. Jumped in my. Is that a Disney, Disney show? Nope. It was on regular because I used to watch it. Pepper Ann. Pepper Ann. Yeah. She's much. Who's this cool, whore? Much too cool for seventh grade. Pepper and pepper. I don't know. I feel like there's a bebop. Like a Saturday morning pepper and pepper Do you put pepper and in your drink? There's already pepper and in the uh, bottled version. In your Zabados? <laughs> Zabado? No, is Zing Zang. What's that again? Bloody Not a sponsor. Mary, now you got to talk about Bloody it. I think this is the last Bloody Mary of my life. I was going to say, it feels like the end of an era. It does. <laughs> Everything has a season, except for my watches, my cigarettes, and my bowel movements. Okay. <laughs> That's the trifecta. Yeah, they, they all work together. <laughs> anyway, I'm feeling much better this week, so get ready. We got 48,000 movies to talk about. We have a lot of films to talk about. Now, before we get into that, before we bring in our special guest that I've asked to... Um, not bring him in anymore, but I've lost that battle. <laughs> Russell's not paying out of his own pocket now, so that's yep. okay. It's not coming out of the show fund. Insert laugh track. <laughs> There's some embezzlement going on, because uh, I've never seen any of that. So, brief announcement here. Next week, um, we are... By next week, I mean Thursday. You're listening to this on Tuesday. In two days, finally, as promised, we will bring you the... Sixth edition? I know last year we got it wrong. I have no idea. I think it's the sixth edition of the annual Looky Awards from the Overlook Hour, where we go over our top five favorite films of the year. Now, in weeks past, I had talked about um, you know changing the format a little bit and adding some guests, and that was all very much true. But what you need to realize, and and what well, look. As faithful listeners of the show, you know what this show is. And as the people who produce this show, we know what this show is. And we understand that we operate on a certain level. And sometimes guests fall through. And that's what happened with the Lookies. I had three guests lined up. 
Unfortunately, all three of those guests, Louis Anderson, Bob Saget, <laughs> and Phil Spector. And they all, yeah. So. Oh, I actually had a guest because I didn't think you did any work. And uh, mine fell through too. Um, uh, you might have heard of him. Uh, Meatloaf. Bitch tits? Yeah. <sighs> it's just a bad day, man. I don't know what's going on. It must I'm be a curse. You, I don't know what's going on, but like comedians are dropping like flies now, dude. Good thing you got out the game. Yeah. I, well. It might be following I you. I could take the hit. Let's, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, man. Louis Anderson. That one's sad. Who, who did you feel worse about? I mean, Saget was a shock, mm-hmm. you know. Hey, how, how'd he go? You know? I don't think it's been released. I haven't heard. OD. I mean, so I, popular conspiracy ones: OD, suicide, and COVID. Well, at the beginning, or the booster, if you're online. Well, he was in a hotel room in Orlando, which is the way to go. <laughs> so the building collapsed. The original report that was that there was no foul play. So I don't. I haven't. So a bird honestly, didn't do it. <laughs> honestly, I just haven't looked into it because you know I just I don't want to get any more sad than you know already have to be. And uh, were you torn up about meatloaf? Let's be very clear. A few months ago, I was very adamant on this show that Meatloaf was already dead. <laughs> I honestly thought Meatloaf died last year. And I I I like Meatloaf. Obviously, I'm not catch I'm not keeping up with him. He um, you know, I had an interesting journey with Meatloaf. Not uh the fine dish my mom would make that uh used to bug the hell out of me. I hate fucking But the uh large um singer who sold over 100 million copies of his album A Bad Out of Hell. Which, as a uh, materialistic metalhead, you know, you look at that cover and you get that Molly Hatchet thing going. You're like, damn, it's like a Frazetta Viking on here. And you listen to it and you go, nope, doesn't work. Okay, first of all, you need to know Molly Hatchet fucking rips, <laughs> as does Meatloaf. And the Meatloaf one disappointed me more than Molly Hatchet. Really? Yeah. When I, you know, honestly, I'd, I'd got to go back into it. I love that operatic shit, though. See, I didn't even give it a chance. And he's a showman. Yeah. I, I dude, I bought that. What the fuck? I can't even remember. Suncoast a long time ago? Meatloaf was a powerhouse, man. I bought it, played... Uh, oh, you bought it at Suncoast? Yeah. So you bought it for $1,200? For like $42, and then I played 30 seconds of it, and I said, you got me. Fuck you. And I don't know what happened to that album. <laughs> um. Anyway, I heard a great joke about Meatloaf, uh, who passed from COVID, I believe, right? Was it COVID? I think so. Somebody um actually said, how ironic that he died from a bat out of hell. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so there you go, meatloaf. That's a good, that's Although, a good tweet. Inaccurate. I like how you assumed it was a tweet. It's always a tweet. It's always a, fucking it's always tweet. a tweet. All right, so, so instead of the four A-list celebrities that we had, I'm sure you got something up your sleeve. Uh, something up my sleeve is a 90-minute episode, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, right. Dude, we've never been able to do 90 minutes on there. I think we can do it. Are we going 10 or 5 movies? 5. Five, including producers. Are we letting Randy and Oksana in? Yeah. All right. We've done that in the past. Oksana, you cannot use Wolf Cop 2 <laughs> this year. I'm sorry. I mean, it didn't get released this year, so. Oh, I know, my but God. I, I, you know. I have another. You're trying to find a way to crowbar it in. I have something else in mind. Oh, God. <laughs> I have no idea what that <laughs> is. Well, for the actually, you know, I think we're going to hit 90 minutes because I already uh, feel like some stuff is going to hit the cutting room floor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a strong possibility. All right. 
That's in the announcements. All right. Well, uh, then we're bringing him in. Let's uh, bring in uh, the man who I fly out from L.A. now, uh, director of Inland Empire and director of the uh, video documentary short working with Marilyn Manson. Uh, Come on in. Good morning. It's January 22, 2022, and it's a Saturday. Today is day one of weekend projects, and the fun work train is at the station. Oh. In fact, it's always at the station, ready to board and take us into the fun work territories. My favorite. And don't forget about the dining car and the glass-topped observation car. Oh. Everyone, have a great day. Thanks, David. I'm so glad we fly you out. The observation car does not always have a glass top. This one does, though. That's nice. Weekend Projects Express doesn't fuck around. I've, I've been on several, you know, sort of novel trains in my life uh-huh. where trains that only exist for like touristy things and are bit, built out of books. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, lovely, lovely, lovely afternoon. Do they drive around in like a big circle? No, because that's not how tracks are made. <laughs> really? Because whenever I see them in like basements or dens, that's usually what they're Or doing. at children's amusement parks. That's true. Yeah. Or Zoos, in a mall. <laughs> malls. Wait, a zoo? Yeah. Do they have a train at the zoo? There yeah. Pl- yeah. Plenty of, uh, most zoos have little trains. It's for animals or people? Small. Yes, for animals. <laughs> yes. The Meerkat Express. Oh, that's how they take them to the bathroom. Dude, the Meerkat Express is pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I like the weekend projects. Weekend projects. Dude, what do you think that territory's like? And here's the thing. I think we only listen to the Saturday and Sundays report, so it's always weekend. I want to know what he's saying on like Wednesdays. It, we used to, honestly, it's not much. He had a birthday over the week, too, I believe. So happy yes, birthday, David. Well, here's the thing. So I called David on his birthday. I wish him happy birthday from all of us. And, uh, all he was talking about is the same shit. He wouldn't acknowledge it. He just kept talking about like what song he was thinking about that day. So honestly, again, it is a Saturday. I was a little excited. And we're like, we're flying him out on a different day. Maybe he's got something different loaded up. No. Today, <laughs> I'm thinking of the great Limp Biscuit <laughs> and their record hot dog flavored water. Chocolate starfish. I wish. Dude, how crazy would it be if he did something not in the era of the 50s? Yeah. Like anything. Even if he went like 70s, it would be like kind of shocking. Well, he's used, hasn't he used Rammstein in movies? Yeah. Um, Lost Highway. Lost Highway, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so he's aware. He knows. Yeah, he got Nine Inch Nails in uh, the newest, the last season of Twin Peaks. Yes. Oh, great episode. Nine Inch Nails. And You've Got Nail. Also, you know what? I I totally forgot last week that I watched another fucking uh, racer trash. And I just briefly hit the hit the. There's a racer trash thing. Sure. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Russell won't shut the fuck up about racer trash. (laughs) No, I just um, 
honestly, this time I was also on Roll Twenty, which is Zoom for D anD D, uh, and Jesus Christ, I took a pause <laughs> because at the end of it, it was <laughs> it was um, the Blair Witch. It's called Blair Witch P R O P R J, which I think is some like sort of nerd file thing. I fucking loved it. It was all nineties, like kind of grunge mixed in with a lot of like, um, extra footage. And it, it was so good. There's some song that it opened up where it was called like people keep burying bodies under my garage. I wanted to like grab you and tell you about it. I didn't, I couldn't pull my eyes away from it. Fantastic. Also after that, they did a scarathon, which was a feature length, uh, clip show of all Stephen King related shit. Boo. There was some in t- actually, if you go on YouTube, Oksana, now I'm going to need you to take your job seriously right now. Please make a note hmm. that we should link the pet cemetery racer trash. It's eight minutes long. It is a beautiful example of racer trash and it fucking rips. I think uh, if Clark was gummed up, like, oh my God, when we were watching movies for the lookies last night and you were gummed up, I was very disappointed. I just want to tell you that. Because <laughs> you got to take the shit seriously, man. What are you talking about? You can't be like me, just rating things five stars on how you feel about them. You're the god of cinema. I had you a need great to have, time last night. You need to be fucking sober, and you need to be in there just like taking notes. Okay. First of all, I have never taken notes <laughs> a single day in my life. Then what are you doing on your phone while we're watching movies? I'm taking research. mental notes. Okay, there we go. So you are taking notes. I, yes, but I, it's research that just goes back into the vapid void. <laughs> the vapid void. Yeah. Now, the Stephen King, you got to watch it. It's fantastic. I, I don't give a shit about that weird looking nah, you'll weirdo love it. from Maine. Uh, people have reached out to me. I've turned many uh, people onto uh, Racer Trash now. But the problem is that uh, the, the stream I watched was supposed to be the last one. They actually have too much content for it, so I think they're going to do one more. Which kind of feels like they're just stringing me along now. They're just dangling that carrot, but uh, you, so you may have one more shot at this. Although fucking Blair Witch was so good. Man, I fucking loved it. Um, anyway, I guess, are you ready? Yeah, are you good? Yeah, yeah. We could segue from the Blair Witch into uh, the very appropriate, uh, you know, favorite segment of everybody who's ever listened to this show. Report. All right. Now, uh, I'm going to start this off up front. This is going to be the first time I do a TBR report where I haven't completed the film. Now, I got a little bit of a story here. Uh, I normally watch the TBR report. Uh, honestly, a little bit too late right before we start the show. It always slows the show down. And then I always have to text everybody and be like, sorry, I need a little bit more time. And then Randy and Clark are like, of course, we plan for this. You're terrible. Um, today, I was cutting it already close, rented the movie on uh, Vimeo, and uh, discovered there were no subtitles. So I contacted Thomas. I said, you motherfucker, you did it again. I can't this time. Like, I just, I can't. I'll have nothing to say. Two seconds later, gave me another Vimeo link, had subtitles. Uh, but again, as Oksana holds all my money and was out buying uh, cat litter, I was a little bit of a prisoner here. So I had to wait for her. Uh, so I've gotten 30 minutes into this 70 minute movie. And right when I stopped it to come up here and record, there was a turn 
that I'm glad I caught because it changed everything. And, uh, you know, uh, we got an email from Thomas, so I'm going to jump in there and then uh, wrap this thing up. Anyway, Thomas, our, our found footage adventurer, uh, director of Camping Fun, and uh, current editor of eight found footage movies, uh, writes, I stumbled upon this really neat mockumentary called Los Correspondos. <laughs> it's the, the, cor- the corrobor- corroborators. Let's just start that whole thing over and I'll uh, practice talking again. <laughs> I stumbled upon this really neat mockumentary called The Corroborators, which in English is known as The Corroborator. He really outed me skipping the, uh, the <laughs> national title there. Uh, diving into the world of government conspiracies, violent crime and mystery, The Corroborators deals with a secret society that ultimately has a modus operandi to steal and replicate the architecture out of Paris and introduce, in quotes, it as their own inside of uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina. The movie has a bit of a slow introduction and lead up. However, there's still quite a few stake high-stake moments that I thought were executed well, speaking from both a satisfying as well as practical point of view. I've come to the conclusion that the most satisfying mockumentaries are the ones based on mysteries and counterfactual history. So if you're into something a little of that nature, be sure to give the corroborators a chance. Uh, It's currently streaming on video on demand. All the best, Thomas Burke, L-F-F-A-B-N-A-L, licensed found footage adventurer, but not actually licensed. Now, this one, it's actually perfect timing. Because all the stuff we've been walking, watching for our award show that we're recording tomorrow uh, has recently been French. So this film fit right in. I really wish I paid more attention in my three high school classes that I took to try and learn French, which I thought at the time was the language of love. Uh, it turns out it was Russian in my case, <laughs> which they did not offer. Thank you, school district. Anyway, Babushka. this film is exactly what we've been talking about recently in the tbr it's the internet editors movie now he called it counterfactual in a with a historical tilt man there's a lot of information here and because it's like not related to america and all americans are very self-centered i mean mostly we only think of like our politics or international politics as they relate to us so this film really has nothing to do with America, and I found almost every word that appeared on screen being a learning uh, opportunity. And I should mention the one thing I hate about subtitles, and why I grief you, Clark, whenever you watch everything with subtitles. Yeah, they usually predate the audio. So if you have like a dramatic moment, the subs will pop up, and you read them, and then you're kind of waiting for them to be played out. This film does the very like heavy-handed timed sub which I love. So in the beginning, um, like most found footage movies, you get a black screen with white letters on them. There are three paragraphs. This movie, it only feeds you what it wants you to have on a timed basis, which is great. I honestly think it's the best way to do subtitles. In this film, it's incredibly hard to follow. Everything is so factual, and all of the mixed media that makes up this movie is so well-crafted, you're constantly in a struggle between like trying to like quick read the subs and like take in what they're showing you. Um, earlier in the show, I mentioned uh, architecture with Lovecraft. That's the whole conspiracy here is that people who they call global architects have been trying to turn a uh, uh, Buenos Aires into Paris. They've been trying to basically take 
the design of all the buildings, literally recreate them there, which seems like a really weird conspiracy theory that would be kind of cool. But they lay out why this is uh, essentially um, gaslighting the people who live there. It's changing their reality. And they actually hope it has a political effect. And um, the corroborators are the, uh, they're a secret society. Now, this, this film follows a kind of like BBC, very intellectual, very prof- uh, um, professional um, investigative journalist who flies out to uh, meet somebody and talk to them. And um, this insider, now I should mention that our uh, host, who is also the editor, is um, uh, anonymous. She blocks her face out. And it's interesting because they don't blur her out. They just choose to shoot her from behind a lot, which gives you a weird relationship with her as an audience. You almost don't want to trust her either. Anyway, her first meeting with another person who is anonymous, uh, he stands her up. And she starts looking around this empty, beautiful town and all the architecture. And she goes back to her hotel room and she notices a letter in her bathroom mirror. And uh, she looks at it and she's like, I think this is a code. And we do the internet editor thing. She looks up the person on the stamp. She takes the uh, two years that are printed on there, realizes their coordinates. This is exactly what I want more of. It's an ARG run uh with some highbrow tilt it's very film feely i think randy might actually get into this one um a lot of foreign historical politics and um it seemed like a lot of it the the issue i had was a lot of it looked like it took place in that 1890s to the 1920s and i'm not david lynch so i don't enjoy living in that uh time period very much but Right at the 30-minute mark, it started translating into how this affected the community in the country in 2001. So I think they're bringing it all the way back to modern time. And it, it looked like there was some riot footage in there and stuff. This one, um, man, I, I think it's... If you're a heady intellectual found footage fan, dig into this one. If you're looking for a labyrinth of um, darkness where you explore via flashlight... It's not really it. I have been told the end gets a little crazy. So, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and blindly recommend this one. Titties? No nudity yet. I've only, mm. I'm only 30 minutes into a 70-minute movie, so we got a really short runtime here, too. Is this what this segment has become? What do you mean? You just... Uh, hey, I've watched 30 minutes of this movie. No, I literally <laughs> opened this segment saying this is the first time I've ever done that. Yeah, but I'm saying it's become this now. I'm, I'm glad. So you, you have set the precedent. Do you finish your Bloody Mary? How come you woke back up? You have set <laughs> the precedent here. No, I want to let you speak. Okay. Well, Also, according to the notes, it is now called the TRB. Oh, okay. Thanks, Randy, for taking you know, what, <laughs> what, what kind of damn. producer does that? What the hell? God. Is- <laughs> Our producers are fucking scumbag rats. God damn it. I have something to add to that. <laughs> oh my. Okay, go ahead. Throw more dirt on my grave. No, it's dirt on my own grave because um, the numbering that Thomas was doing was correct. I was wrong. Wait, what numbering? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, what? I was saying we need to skip 23 because he was like behind a number. Or, or oh my or God. <laughs> Oh my God, Thomas! You know what? If you are so vehement. <laughs> I know. Here's God. 
the fucking producers I on this skip, show. I skipped monkey ostrich grave on my own list. Okay, Thomas, you know what? If <laughs> I forgot chicken mongoose rock, if I Aww. find a corpse <laughs> at the uh, wide mouth of a drain pipe and it's holding a camera, I'm not calling any of these fucking people here. <laughs> I'm going to fly you out, Thomas. You're coming out from Austin and we will hold hands and we will crawl down the tunnel to hell together because you're the only one I can fucking trust here. You're the only goddamn one. And uh, that concludes the, you know. This concludes the This concludes the TBR report. Unreal. God. Unreal. <laughs> Again, you know, I was just telling Randy, I try to watch this, these movies right before the TBR report because we're like lightweight authorities on the, on the subject of found footage horror. And then... Fucking end it. The like best it, way to be an authority is to do the homework at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Burn. God, producer and teacher, Randy Stat. I'm right. not saying I don't do differently. I, I know. I mean, clearly the show's evident of all of our uh, <laughs> research. Now, Randy Michael, before I throw it to you and, uh, you know, you, you tell us what you you want to talk about this week. Sure. Um, let's talk about. A uh, little bit of. Uh, are you trying to catch up on the lookies? Do you feel pretty comfortable with your list coming in? Uh, we're going to record the lookies tomorrow, and as I said, they'll be available to you on Thursday early a.m. as always. So, Randy, you trying to you you getting that last minute push? A little bit. Yeah, I watched the last duel this morning, and it is the better of the two Ridley Scott films made this year. What oh, was, you watch your mouth. What was the other dude? one? House of Gooch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't care for House of Gucci. Um, yeah, I've kind of been... gotten high. It was great. Oh, my God. <laughs> Randy, my man, you're my spiritual brother. I also watched that yesterday. That's why I watched it. I saw your post, and then I saw it was on HBO Max. Awesome. Are you going to talk about Last Duel today? No. Are you going to talk about Last... <laughs> what do you think? What do you think? No, what are you trying to force him into this for? I'm just saying. I mean, unless it's going to make his list. Why are you trying to out people's list, dude? He's going to make his list. Because I don't want overlap, man. You and I are working together. We are? <laughs> to a degree. Dude, I don't even think my tux is going to be ready by tomorrow. I'm not sure I can attend. <laughs> Get your life in order. <laughs> we may have some overlap. We'll see. All right. Last it duel is not on the top five. Okay. I mean, Randy, we all know what your number one is, dude. Do we? Yeah, we know. I don't know, man. It's it's the the, it's, I think it's the only movie you've ever rated oh, five stars on Letterboxd. Hold on. You, you take a guess that is number one, and I'll take a guess. My guess is that it's the Fauci documentary. <laughs> <laughs> My guess is it's the Trump documentary. Oh. <laughs> is that why you went to Atlanta? Yeah. All right. MAGA. <laughs> it's, it's actually right in between those two it is the latest episode of the joe rogan experience oh dude <laughs> my uh phone has been trying to get me to click on articles with him in it and i'm like you don't own me <laughs> all right but no i, I think uh Rainer, are you trying to sneak in uh drive my car today uh no because it's it's playing at the plaza but i think it's only playing at like seven and, and? <laughs> it's three hours long. I'm probably going to get sleepy. I, I don't Jen, do. <laughs> take a coffee. Take a bump. How do you drink too much coffee today? You need to start doing some hard drugs, dude. <laughs> nah, man. 
I don't know. I think I think you can handle it. You know, you're you're a booze hound now. A little bit, yeah. What is mushrooms? Is mushrooms a hard drug? No, mushrooms are cool. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, we need to get you some smack. You know, according to the uh, episode of Drag Race we watched last night, a coffee enema is a very effective thing. Oh, that sounds like some Gwyneth Paltrow bullshit. Dude, RuPaul <laughs> was acting goofy on that coffee um, enema. By the way, gang, more RuPaul coming up later this episode. All right. Little tease. It's what we call a tease. Now, this next part, there's no tease. Because Randy's <laughs> going to lay the hammer down. Randy, what do you know? What'd you see? So before you ask me about uh, if I'm cramming things for the lookies, we almost had a segue because the film I'm going to talk about also has to do with France and uh, foreign politics Ooh. and such. God, wake me up from my nap. I saw a movie called France starring Leia Seydoux, uh, plays the titular character named France. Get the fudge out Randy, God, that sentence couldn't have been more of a hammer of boredom. <laughs> These are the po- these are the uh, kind of podcasts that I listen to. Holy fuck! Hammer of boredom. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, it's directed by Bruno Dumont, who most recently made uh, two films, a two part um, series on the life of Joan of Arc, which was adapted into a metal musical, which was oh, no. no quite quite a thing to see. It was uh, you watched it. I did. Yeah, I watched both. Both parts. I'd seen a couple of his earlier movies. Uh, a little Quinn Quinn. Had in Atlanta, Randy. <laughs> I like Bruno Dumont. He's a. Uh, I don't know. He's like a a weird, like very indie. Uh, I don't know. Just art house now guy. This, this is the Sasha Baron Cohen character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that movie Mama. that I saw in Iowa in like 2009. Dude, with Slipknot. I remember you telling me about Fuck that. Yeah. Hell yeah. But uh, (laughs) this movie is uh, much different than most of the Bruno Dumont movies that I've seen. It is more, I don't know, kind of looks like your more typical kind of like a French film. Um, A lot of his movies um, take place kind of like on on beach towns like in France and kind of have like first time actors. Um, So, yeah, this one uh, has Leia Seydoux playing the main character. She is a journalist slash like television star. She has this. Uh, like news program that airs like every night and pretty much everyone in France watches it kind of like a, I don't know, Rachel Maddow or something, I guess. Um, but for France every night, (laughs) not everybody, but you know, (laughs) um, and yeah, she, during the first like 20 minutes of the movie, she gets into a minor, uh, car accident. She, she essentially rear ends like uh, a motorcyclist and he falls over and like, it's not that bad, but um, this kind of launches her into a sort of like a, not quite like a, a mental breakdown, but she kind of like starts seeing things a little differently and she like wants to help out his family and stuff. And it has a lot to do with French politics and kind of like how so pretty much anywhere she goes, like someone's always asking her for a selfie and stuff. Um, so she's like this big star. And so she like the tabloids kind of pick up her accident that uh, happens. So she kind of like gets out of the news game then she gets back into the news game. And there's a lot of, um, so there's like a war coverage that she's doing on this TV show. And there's a lot of scenes of like her 
in, I don't even know where they are, but there's like some war coverage and she's like in the field, like with people like blocking scenes or like asking people to like do certain things. And it's like very awkward how she's kind of like just directing them instead of sort of like, you know, kind of just picking up what's actually going on. It's like kind of just pointing out like how fake the sort of like news that people watch is. Um, it's very dry. It is kind of funny at times. Leia Seydoux is very, very good in it. There's, I don't know, she, there's just a lot of like close-ups of her and her face and like kind of what she's going through and like a lot of scenes of just like her like crying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, it's weird. It's, it, most of his movies that I've seen are more comedic, like more outright comedic. I think there's definitely some comedy in this, uh, especially in the scenes where like they're kind of showing like how sort of like inhuman like they are with the way that they like create news and like capture news and like how awkward it is um i don't know it's it's a it's kind of good if you're a a bruno dumont fan i would say check it out i don't know who else really this movie is for it is also kind of long it's 134 minutes it felt like it could have ended like three times before that but it also like kept taking weird turns and it gets very dark at a couple moments um yeah, I don't know. There was maybe like five people in the theater besides me, but yeah, I don't know. Check it out. If it's even playing near you, Robbie <laughs> hit me up and asked where, I, where can he see France? And I said, probably like five hours away from you in New York or Boston or something. You're like, check a globe, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also more like Leia say don't. Ooh. Ah, man. Leia say do's great. Randy, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Leia France? Duplass. How about that? Um, France was- no, we were looking at the IMDb, and uh, this is, uh, I remember you talking about Slack Bay from several years ago. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. That one is much more funny and kind of like sort of broad comedy. All right. How many stars? It's a three. If it didn't have a, mm. a very good Leia Seydoux performance, it maybe would have been worse, but she's, oh. uh, I don't know, very watchable. <laughs> you're like she cries good she's a great actor she's uh you know in a lot of american stuff i think she's a uh, bond girl now she was in a mission impossible well, i think that's unfortunate i mean uh, look mission impossible yeah she got killed in mission impossible that's uh, right ghost protocol uh she was kicked out of the tallest hotel in the world dubai so- Dubai. She died. I don't know the name of the hotel. She died in Dubai. Died in Dubai for bond detergent. Yeah, uh, she got uh, killed by um, the uh, Alan Thicke's son's ex-wife, Robin Thicke. Oh, nice. That went through a long. That was was a long way to go to end up nowhere. Randy, anything else? Uh, yeah, I'll just briefly mention uh, something I watched on Shudder. It is a short film. Uh, it's about 39 minutes long called The Runner. Um, I most recently heard about this because a uh, friend of mine. I know her. I'm not like we're not good friends, but she's oh, really whoa. close. You backpedaled I mean, in such a weird way. Hey, hey, can we take a break so Randy can pick up these <laughs> names he's about to drop? <laughs> a, uh, a friend of mine on Instagram, I will say, um, oh, kept posting about. <laughs> this uh this movie that she was in um it's directed by boy harsher the band which i am also now finding out for the first time um so yeah it's uh the 
IMDb says a woman escapes from a massacre in a hotel, in a motel bedroom. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's features boy harsher and a lot of their music from their new album, I think, which is called the runner. So this is kind of like a, I don't know, sort of like a hybrid between a music video and sort of like a promotion thing and like a short film. It's very moody. Uh, there's a lot of like really cool colors. It's very like sort of neon-y. I don't know, Russ, did you watch it? Would you say it's giallo-y sort of? I did watch it. I, I, you had put out last week that you were uh, thinking about watching a Shudder movie and I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'm going to watch it too so I can jump <laughs> in here finally. And when I looked it up... um. I was shocked to see, well, first you mentioned that you had a musician friend that you had performed yeah. with before that was connected. Yeah. So the, uh, her name is, uh, Chris Esfendiari. Um, she is in King woman, uh, a band that my old band unconditional arms played a bunch of shows with, um, a lot of them are from Oakland Vacaville area. So I know, uh, Chris or Christina, um, through them for the most part. Um, you know, whenever we played shows together, we were, friendly and stuff but yeah i saw that she was in this and uh big fan of king woman so decided to check it out now king woman i have to uh give the stamp of approval to they got a little bit of a hipster bent for me but i have no problems with it uh yeah they are on my spotify and i enjoy that band i um did i know you when you were playing with them i would have loved to have gone to show with those bands you did yeah oh, um fucker thanks Randy. Well, we did like a small tour with them and uh, I think we did one show in Oakland, but uh, we did like Chico, Sacramento, a couple other places too. But I think we've yeah. only played with them in the Bay Area like once. Damn, that would have been good because I like them and I I liked uh, your ex-band Unconditional Arms. I, I'm Again, I'm sorry that they threw you out, but you shouldn't have done that shit, dude. Anyway, <laughs> uh, this movie, when we looked it up and we're like, wait, Randy knows one of the musicians and Oksana has been very into boy harsher which is uh, how do you describe that band they're a female vocalist uh fronting a digital drum set and an analog keyboard now analog yeah. because when you get uh, I, I won't get too in the weeds here but when you have a lot of software looping and arpeggios it starts to feel really sterile and it's kind of boring when you have an analog synth uh you have the you know your board is unique in its own because you're playing uh, directly from the board, and it just has a different feel to it. It feels a lot more like um, original John Carpenter tracks, which you know you look at it, and he didn't have a lot of like sounds to work with, but they just there's a lot more emotion. And fucking Boy Harsher is a great band. Sisters with transistors, yeah, on the more analog keyboard, yeah, yeah. And um, I'll tell you, I had no fucking idea what to expect. I'm like, why is it 40 minutes long? Yeah, um, me neither. Sh the shutter approval is pretty interesting, but like like Randy said, it's a weird little thing. They're doing like a grindhouse throwback. Um, everything keeps saying the runner soundtrack. So I'm thinking maybe there was a collaboration here and they they were gonna be part of a movie and they just did all the music, which the music fucking is great. I shazammed mm -hmm. everything and it kept popping up soundtrack. I'm like, why don't I just add the whole fucking sound? I, I don't, I don't think uh, through things a lot. And, I think um, my uh, favorite part was the, like the end credit scene, which is essentially just like a full music video. Yeah. Um, that song was great too. Which the movie doesn't just feel like a music video. There's minimal dialogue, but it yeah. doesn't have that pacing of a music video. So there is kind of like a 
like imagine if you found a movie that was kind of like Texas Chainsaw, definitely not um, thematically in any way, but the look of it, and it was like short and not a full feature. I don't know. It kind of leaves you with a, um, I don't know, kind of found footy G kind of vibe. Found um, footy. Found, it's a found footy film. It's your boy found footy. Um, yeah, there's some like old TVs and like kind of cool footage um, like through there too. And then it kind of like goes into the footage that they're showing on those old TVs and kind of shows you like the band playing and stuff like that. So I don't know. It was interesting, but yeah, it was like, I wouldn't say it's plotless, but it was kind of hard to follow, like, what kind of a, a thing I was getting into or what I was watching. Oh, it was definitely, like, a weird mixed media. Like, it's not mixed media in the way that they're showing clips offline, but it's mixed media in the way that, also, Randy mentioned the TVs. You know how in a movie when they have, like, shit playing on TV, it usually changes the frame that we're looking at, and it kind of takes center stage and... They did great jobs integrating it, and also the footage on the TV did not look like a digital overlay, even though actually it probably wasn't. Also, this looked like it was shot on some sort of film. Um, I thought so too. I couldn't tell if it was like a just like a pro- a post production thing on digital to make it look film, or if it was shot on film. So I couldn't tell. I'm not either. sure. So they win. Um, but there's also a weird documentary tilt to this film. Like there's a yeah. moment where they, the keyboardist is given an interview. And he's kind of talking about it. Also, what was up with that studio they shot in? It looked like a... I don't know. It was cool, though. Dude, it was like a stone garage that had like a um, producing room like window in is, stone. Is stone good with acoustics? I wouldn't think so. It Probably looked, not. Dude, it looked visually striking, though. It was... I don't know. There's a lot in there that's really interesting. So Yeah, yeah for dude, sure. Randy, thanks for turning me on to that. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, no problem. Even though you feel kind of like me on it. It was cool. Just, yeah, it's hard to like what recommend it? it and like say like what it is. Yeah. I would yeah. say, yeah. Like if you're into kind of like moody synthy stuff and also kind of moody, maybe shot on film, um, sort of like a horror type of short film, then yeah, give it a shot. I think you'd, you'll have fun with it. Yeah. If you're a fan of Boy Harsher or if you like that kind of music, check that out. Also, Boy Harsher, I forgot to mention it when we covered the movie, uh, Death Drop Gorgeous opens with a Boy Harsher song. Death Drop Drop Gorgeous, if you don't remember, is the only good drag uh, drag queen movie I've ever seen. And uh, part of the reason why I was instantly sold on it was their track in the beginning. Now, what Mm. about their non-Jewish cover band, Goy Harsher? Oh, damn. (laughs) I I don't know if Goy is is short for Goyim. Is that like sl- Jewish slang? Because I know Goyim, right? Oksana, help us out. I only know 50% uh, of things. <laughs> Is it Goyim? I never learned like... Okay. Oksana, you're, you're a bad Jew. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even... I don't consider myself Jewish. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Did he just walk in? He didn't hear that. Is this Benedetta? <laughs> that doesn't work out well for people when Jesus shows up. Sexy Jesus? Dude. Um, I'm not talking about this week. You're not going to? No. Why? I've made an executive decision. Oh, it's going to be on the top five. (laughs) Well, you ruined everything. (laughs) How did I? What do you mean? (laughs) Spoilers are a bad thing now on this show? I will talk about Benedetta more. You can spin a spoiler into a tease. Ooh. Benedetta's going to be in my top five. Number one. Is that what you want to hear? Number one? It's not number one. We all want to know what number one is, dude. Uh... 
Anybody got anything? What's his number? I have no idea what your list is going to look like. It's some car thing. <laughs> some car Dude, thing? cars. The <laughs> Art of Racing in the Wind, which came out like three years ago. There you go. Art of Racing in the Rain, you fuck. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> racing in the Wind. Yeah, the wind is a fart. That's why you like it. Oh, I love it. Uh, more on Fart Talk with our Benedetta <laughs> review tomorrow. <laughs> um, Randy, anything else? That's it. All right. I just want, I'm cutting Benedetta because of time. Okay. Um, and also, you know, uh, I loved it. So we'll talk about that more tomorrow. Uh, spoiler alert. It's going to be one. You already know it's coming. Um, I do want to talk about a film that I very much enjoyed, and I am very much looking forward to the career of Lauren Hathaway, as I was finally able to see a film that's been out, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, um, available on VOD now. It is called The Novice. A college freshman joins her university's rowing team and undertakes an obsessive physical and psychological journey to make it to the top varsity boat, no matter the cost. Now, this is a very interesting film on several different levels. Number one, that we're basically looking at a character study here. We're looking at a character study of obsession. Ooh. And uh, it's obsession of the pursuit of the story focuses on one central uh, form of this obsession, uh, obsession, but we certainly see a theme here. And it's certainly a personality of our main protagonist, Alex Dahl, played by Isabel Furman. Now, Ooh. I watched. Do you know who that is from The Orphan? Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm su- I am so surprised. I thought I was going to be able to re- make that reveal. No, honestly, uh, our co uh, our corroborator Terrell has been loving this movie because of that. Also, The Orphan 2 on the way. Hey, really? Yeah, she's here's, in it. Here's the thing. I watched this entire movie, did not make that connection um, at all. And then I looked at her IMDb, I was like, oh, this is Orphan. Mm-hmm. Which got over ten years ago. Mm-hmm. It was like two thousand nine, maybe orphan. As a yeah, um, but yeah, it. Here's the thing, it works for her. Um, she's got. I don't know. I I, I like her a lot. Um, and she's she's incredible in this. I really really enjoy this. Uh, the reviews on IMDb did not really really enjoy this. Hmm. I, look, here's the thing. It's um, it's like. People are comparing it to Black Swan. I it's not so much that. Here's the thing: it does turn into body horror here with this, and um, it's just a very good character study about a person that is just obsessive about everything in their life. And this is an 18 year old college freshman who takes tests three times um, to get it right. And which I did, I still didn't understand well, doing that. Can but. I ask you, is this a horror movie? It would not classify it as horror. No, it's weird because they have her and she's kind of becoming a scream queen, Isabel. But they also, you know, when I look on IMDb, I see Amy Forsythe, who was in Hellfest and A Christmas Horror Story. She plays the number two. Okay. So they got a couple of girls who, you know, the, hu- the horror communities yeah. embraced. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I don't know. It looks like a highbrow Randy film, though. It does. Look, we get uh, we get we get a little we get a little kiss of body horror towards in the third act here. Um, 
I don't know. Just the whole thing is is beautifully shot, and I love the exploration of one specific subject and something as um, as odd as rowing and crew and getting. I mean, they get really specific in here, and cool. you actually you learn a lot about you know this sport. Yeah, and I I always will be interested in those things yep. because you know I I I think you know I always want to learn new stuff and. And, you know, especially sport. Now, again, you know, um, this is not going to take the place of Formula One for me. I'm just letting you know right now. But, you know, learning different things of like. Dude, if you what, bought a rowing machine. <laughs> you know, we had talked That's about good that. exercise. And let me be very clear. After watching this, I started to look back into rowing machines. You don't want it. There is a lot of rowing machines in this. Nah, I read a book. You gotta, you gotta teach your body how you want to look, and you don't want a rower's body. It's the form. Yeah, but it's, it's all lower strength. It's also cardio. Also, shout out to Chad who turned me onto a book. Uh, it's cardio. Seventy percent lower body strength. Weightlifting is a waste of time, and so is cardio. I'll let you borrow it. So you don't want a rowing machine? Nah. You keep it with the kettlebell. I can see it moving around down there. I know you're using it. I'm using the kettlebell. I'm a little scared of the kettlebell. Also, you said you like learning things. Here's a learning opportunity. Yeah. Now, you say uh, she's obsessed in this film. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's passionate about rowing. Very much so. Now, what I learned from House of Leaves is that the root word uh, that comes from the Latin language of passion is shared with the patience. Now, patience... Just a little patience. Now, the root word from Latin actually means to suffer. Mm -hmm. So, with patience, we are supposed to suffer through and wait. Yep. But also with passions, most people in the Anglo-Saxon language we speak, English, would think that it is a positive. Like, passionate people are excited and thrilled. But the word actually comes from suffering because you're obsessed and you're stuck with this thing that is the theme of this movie yeah it's great um i love those kind of horror movies and and honestly i see why people would directly connect it to black she has a singular focus and here's the other thing is that you know she's highly intelligent she's on college scholarship as a presidential scholar meaning that she has a full ride so she doesn't need the scholarship from rowing but that is her only pursuit to get that. And then the other girls found out they didn't like that. She's not, she is a friend to no one. Um, but you know, she's the hardest worker you've ever seen in your life. And, uh, I, I mean, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it. Check it out. The novice, uh, one and a half stars. Now, now <laughs> you know, when you mention rowing, it, I feel bad. The first thing I think of is all the college controversy remember when all those celebrities were paying to have their uh children photoshopped into like teams yeah it seemed like it was it was always the rowing team yeah yeah i does that come up in this movie it does not missed opportunity no but they do say the term silver spoon a lot oh because i mean honestly that's part of the culture of course it is which rowing is a very specific sport well also we were just watching very uh, northeastern yep and uh similar note we were just watching sports highlights on youtube not too long ago and uh i was telling you how the one sport i really would like to be interested in is hockey yeah but you need money for it so i mean growing up i didn't even have fucking rollerblades it's like how you can't really do it you didn't have fucking rollerblades well, i didn't have a hockey stick i mean what are you sammy sosa playing baseball with a can <laughs> How did he 
you play baseball with a can? That's how he said. Now, again, the more we learned about Sammy Sosa, the less we could believe that all the things that came out of Sammy Sosa's I mean, mouth. I, I mean, I guess you would assume he's hitting it, but did he, he couldn't have a mitt, so he's catching the ball in the can? Yeah. Then he turned white. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I think you would enjoy The Novice. I want to watch it. It's, it's, it's really, really solid. Top five? No. Oh. I really enjoyed it, though. I really liked it. Where's it at? Like, number 14? I have, I have, you know, man, there's, I, I, my list was, I think I got my list to like 17. Damn, and, and really? It, yeah, that was a lot. Hey, uh, shout out to former guest, uh, David Robson, film programmer out here, film critic, uh, House of Sparrows blog. Uh, I talked to him recently. Um, here's a little inside baseball, the Bay area. We just lost another goddamn theater. The Castro yep. cinema announced that they're no longer going to be a cinema. And they're doing fucking big productions and shit. And Robson, who works for a lot of companies that do onboarding and loading, like literal trucks up to it, like, you know, he helped uh, set up Nine Inch Nails. Uh, he had to call me and rant about that. And it was fantastic. He has a <laughs> top 20 list. And I'm like, oh, my God. Do we have to do that? No. You're almost there. You need three more movies. No. Again, 90 minutes. R.I.P. Castro. Again, uh, fucking terrible decision. I mean, recently we also lost the clay. So thank God that the Balboa is going to restore the four star, which uh, honestly, that might be a cool stomping grounds for I us. Quit. Why can't we lose Tanforan? No, why would you want to lose Tanforan? I'm all in on Daily City now, baby. It's down to, oh, Daily City's garbage. Sorry, Daily City. I love your theater. I just I hate the location. You lived in Daly City. I just, yeah, I did. It's like two. Oh, um, that's not true. I was about to say it's like two miles away, but I guess it's a little farther. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's probably the same amount of distance. No, how you hit the freeway? No, that, that, that's not how a freeway works. You hit the freeway. You're See, right there. You're talking distance in time, not yes, mileage. Yes, in time. Okay, in time. It's about that's the fair. same. The parking situation is a nightmare at Daly City. Why? You got to go right in the garage. Yeah, go in the garage. Uh, it's had, free. We've had some encounters in the garage. What's going on? Also, the crowd at Daly City not as good. What's going on in the garage? There's a lot going on in that garage. I, I, I had a very. Uh, non-experience hey, i'm just gonna garage. tell you you know you better pull up your sleeve and cover up those little swiss cheese watches you're wearing nowadays i do have <laughs> one swiss watch i'm very proud of i know and uh i'm just saying okay you, we got some riffraff in there? we got we got some bebopping and scatting oh, going on in there and scatting. <laughs> the other film i want to talk about is a movie that's available on the paramount plus network it came on december 23rd I watched it two days ago. Oh. It is called Reno 911, The, the Hunt, Hunt for QAnon. Hey. <laughs> God. That was the saddest thing I've ever experienced. I'm looking for a button on the board. Okay. Here we yeah, go. I'll give you something. <laughs> QAnon. That's good. <laughs> I was a big fan of Reno 911 growing up. Um, God, when did that show start? That I'm, was a long running show. I'm a right? fan of Vegas 411. <laughs> what? What's happening? Did I have the Bloody Mary or did you have one? I think I had it. What's happening? QAnon. <laughs> Started in 2003. <laughs> Golly, I was in high school. When did it end, Randy? It says to now. 
There's no end date yet. All right. Okay. So the longest running show in television history made another film. Is the only other film they had was Reno 911 Miami? I have no idea. I think uh, so, yeah. Which, um, so when I was when I was in college, uh, the summer going into my sophomore year, or was it going into my junior year? It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I started working at the video rental store. Ooh. And I started working at the video rental store in my hometown when I was at home for the summer. And then I actually transferred over to another video rental store, same chain, that in my college town uh, during the school year. So I was working that. And in the summer, um, I had a manager there who I liked. and Like but, liked? But she... Absolutely not. <laughs> she did not care what was playing on the TVs at any time. So it like Saturday at four o'clock in the afternoon, she was like, I want to watch Reno 911 Miami. And like, uh, <laughs> is this a good idea? Why, a lot of nudity? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a, there's like a two minute scene where just like it's everybody's fucking. What? Jerking off. Yeah. Is that why Randy went to Florida? <laughs> you never saw me? <laughs> no. I've only watched it's a little too jokey for me. It's a lot of jokey. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. This movie is exactly what you want. It's the show. And the movie actually opens up where uh -oh. Dangle. They they prank Dangle and he's on a bicycle that um gets floating it's he's floating in the air with a bunch of balloons oh my he's just God. floating all over reno and uh i don't know it's fun um essentially they get an order to serve QAnon with uh some papers and they've got to find him oh i and like that and then they find out that there is a uh q booze cruise and so they they go to the q booze cruise and it's just, you know, absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, all, all, the, all our main characters are back. And, you know, hilarity ensues. Uh, we've got Pat Oswalt in here playing his... Um, he's, he does a lot of heavy lifting in this. He's, uh, he's one of the main characters, and uh, he's great. Now... <coughs> Going into this, uh, we've also got uh, Steve Agee, we've got Brian Posehn, you know, we've got the cast you think is going to yeah, show yeah. up in the in the Reno 911 movie. Now, as far as the portrayal of QAnon, I am pretty pleased at the direction they decided to go, which was completely ridiculous, jokey, fairly apolitical. And, oh, was, good. and was just fun. Good. Um, however, there's a certain sense of punching down here, uh -huh. but I, I think it's justified of like, this is ridiculous. We're going to make it more ridiculous. You can punch down on Q. Sure. Okay. I, I think we all agree here. Yes. They can take the hit. <laughs> so essentially what happened, uh, spoiler alerts, here we come. Okay. Toot toot. The boat is hitting the dock. <laughs> was it a tugboat? It's a booze cruise. Toot toot. So, Pat Oswalt says he's Q. That was a lie. He was not QAnon. Um, but they actually end up at the... Uh, <laughs> at Epstein's Island. Which Down was, on Epstein's Island. Which is the home of QAnon. 
They get to Epstein's... Wait, Epstein and Q? They get to Epstein's island, which has been overtaken by QAnon. They get to the island, and guess who is there? RuPaul. Oh! Shows up. However, RuPaul is not QAnon. RuPaul is just a messenger for QAnon. Ruinon. I like it. <laughs> Ruinon <laughs> is basically... Uh, so what QAnon turns out to be is a fucked up speaking spell that basically kind of turns into... Um, you remember that episode of South Park where you've got the dolphins and the beach balls oh, yeah, in yeah. the tank? Or, the manatee. Or the man- yes, yeah. that's right. The manatees with Family Guy. Yep. That's, a, right. that's essentially this. Oh. Where it's a speak and spell and it just gives up Britney Spears hates Jews. And it's like, okay, that's it. Uh, <laughs> put that Q drop out. <laughs> and that's, that's basically it. Damn. Okay. I mean, how was the journey? It was fun. I had fun with it. I look. I like. I like Reno nine one one. I know what to expect. It's exactly what that was. I had fun with this. All right. I thought that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Epstein Island. What does that look like? An island. Oh, it's just a tropical, like a nice house. <laughs> a nice, <laughs> a nice house. <laughs> I mean, it just if oh, there was one very funny scene. Um, where they, they're captured on Epstein Island. Um, essentially, they got turncoated by Patton Oswalt and uh, Wendy McClendon, Covey's character, who, who plays Clementine, uh, the blonde lady. Oh. Um, and it all gets figured out. But essentially, they're, they're being held in the dungeon, and it is the sex dungeon, and there's sex toys everywhere. Uh-huh. That's funny. That's a very funny scene. Does our girl uh, Gislaine make an appearance? She does not. Missed opportunity. But I, th- there's, there's a, I thought there was plenty of funny here. I had fun. Plenty of funny. Plenty Clark of Little. Funny. That's, put it on the cover. Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon. One star. Question. Yes. Uh-oh. Does Patton Oswalt apologize for being friends with Dave Chappelle in the movie? <laughs> wow. You know, I, I was tempted the whole time to try and interject that. Yeah. I, in no universe, saw it coming from Randy. <laughs> Randy comes in with hot heat, dude. Dude. All right. I haven't even had a uh, Bloody Mary today. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. You can't say that, Randy. Honestly, I missed a drop earlier, so we're okay. It, well, Randy's playing through. the background guitar in that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah that, that's, a t- that's a telly, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like a telly. Yeah. That's short for Telecaster. You know those guitars were designed for uh, players with weak wrists. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> if you wear, if you have a weak wrist, you can't wear cool watches, bro. Darn! I have to just go back to my Apple Watch. God. All right, Rust Dog. Uh, my turn. Okay, uh, let's play a little game. I don't know what to talk about. What are you, Billy? I didn't take a... Oh, damn. Okay. Thank saw you. reference. I, it took me a minute. It did. Um, now, I again, I have no notes, no preparation. So I'm going to leave this up to the producers, which is going to make for the better show. What, Mel Brooks is coming Should, should I talk to? I mean, this is kind of a scam. Um, should, we, should I talk about uh, the, Randy, uh, the Randy movie earlier that he didn't mention, The Last Duel? 
should I talk about a classic horror story, which was a blip on the radar uh, for a minute in the horror community? Or should I talk about In the Earth, which was a film that I missed in the theater and everybody kept telling me to go watch? Randy, your thoughts? I feel like you might uh, have more to say about The Last Duel, but I want to hear about In the Earth because I liked In the Earth. All right. Oksana? All right. Come on. What if it's what if I pick something else? Like, what's the tiebreaker? Okay, pick something else. Throw something out there. No, I mean, it, yeah, in the earth sounds good. Oh my god! Whatever oh, yeah. gets this done quickly. <laughs> in the earth. In the earth. Um, in the earth. Uh, let me uh pretend like I was prepared. Ben Wheatley. A director who uh, I've only talked about really on the show once to belittle him because I did not like his um, free fire. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, free fire. Forgot about. I always forget about free fire. Too cool guy for you. It is also free fire is just it's a perfect example of a three for me. Like I understand that movie is well crafted, well acted, everything works. It's just not any of the like themes I give a shit about. So, you know, I just forget about it. Also, it, it feels kind of uninspired for him. Like, uh, what, I, what I was talking about was High Rise, which was a movie I was very excited about. Still haven't seen. I mean, Ben Wheatley's, he's interesting. What? It, so he, uh, he worked on, he directed Kill List. He also worked on the ABCs of Death. He did You is for Unearth, uh, oddly enough. Um, he did a field in England, which is a movie I think I'm going to love. Yeah. I own. I've never watched. You can't really it's put good. him in a corner. No. And, but I, I still try to. And I always, in my mind, he occupies kind of a um, Terry Gilliam, surrealist, interesting visual kind of, uh, I, I don't know, a tour theory. And uh, in Earth, it kind of fits in there. There's a, so I went on a weird journey. Uh, we had our... East Bay cinematography friend uh, Jasadi Perkins over, who um, the stars aligned and we could just watch movies. So we did. And um, we watched In the Earth. And right off the bat, I, I was confused by the music. The music was great. And honestly, if you've seen In the Earth and you enjoyed it, go watch The Runner because we're talking about the same thing. Just In the Earth, uh, this is a COVID film. Um, or is it? I mean, they're dealing with a pandemic in the movie, but it it definitely feels like a parallel to COVID. And um, they kind of ha- there's a whole worshiping um, the planet, kind of like the environment versus um, science theme in this film that I was really engrossed with. And um, there's a lot of satire in here, not like laugh out loud comedy, but there's a lot of shit going on. Like our main protagonist, who I who I loved in the film. Uh, if I was prepared, I'd have his name ready. Antagonist? Reese Shear Mar- Smith. Mountain L- Martin Lowry. He's the protagonist. He's the protagonist. Did yeah. I say antagonist? That's what you did. No, because you love the antagonist. Of course. Uh, what's his name? Reese Shearsmith. And that is the uh, Inside Number 9 guy? Yeah. Yeah, you would not shut up about it. I was like, he looks cool in this. And I kept thinking when he appeared, this is why horror movies do better without like big names in them. Because it, it, it kind of it impedes the immersion. He's a big name in a small circle. I know. But you were like erect. You were going crazy over there. You were I, making I noises. three erections a year. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> it was making Jasadi feel uncomfortable. Anyway, we're, we're deep in the forest. Um, we're given a uh, thread that there might be a witch out there or like a cult. Um, everybody keeps saying, 
don't be arrogant. Like it's dangerous out there. And even though you're intelligent and you're prepared and you're healthy, you're not ready. And uh, it's really interesting when you send your um, your lead out under those situations. Also, it's interesting that every character in this film had a backdrop of isolation. And there was a sense that maybe they had forgotten how to work with people. And we get out there, surreal shit starts happening, and we're caught in an um, isolated drama out in the woods that's dealing with spiritualism and science. And it's really interesting because... When you compare it to the pandemic, there's a lot of advice given from positions of authority in this film, and you'd never really trust any of them. And you want to because you're kind of in, like you yourself, you're like, well, I'm not an expert. They're out here. They're making it work. I guess I'm going to have to. But when homie takes out an axe and recommends chopping off a couple of your toes, you're like, I don't know if I want to believe you. I mean, Fauci, again, he only has a brief cameo, but uh, it really worked in this film. And there's gore. But the one thing that was tripping me out was everything felt so crafted to this theme of uh, the environment. And yet we had this very heavy contrast with electronic music. Now, you can do ambient music and make it feel like nature like because you know this film randy you you'll know the philosopher who's the like fat russian guy that sounds weird he always talks about film and he has uh, zizek zizek he would be lex friedman he would be great to get commentary of on this film because one of his theories is that uh nature is a construct that we've created as humans where nature isn't a like perfect balance of things working out designed by mother gaia it's really just the world adapting and if we were to nuke something nature wouldn't take over it's just it would be as it is and the biome would kind of just go where it goes it's kind of like what evolution is all about and i kept thinking about that in this film and again the electronic thing was freaking me out but it makes sense in the end this film feels thoroughly crafted everything is on par um it suffered for me because I had watched Gaia before. Gaia. Uh, me and Clark had a wonderful experience with edibles in the theater uh, dealing with Gaia, which honestly feels kind of like a lowbrow horror version of this film. Which I, I might have, I don't know if I, I can't even bring myself to say I liked it more. Uh, in the Earth is definitely a well crafted film. It just, in the Earth is horror. In, it is, but it's the horror of humanity. And I, I start to feel like Scream 5, where I'm like rolling my eyes thinking, oh, we're doing some elevated shit where we're like working out the struggles of the human condition in a COVID era. I, I loved Act 1 and 2. 3 is where I had issues, too. 3 is where it, yeah. And by issues, I don't mean technical. I mean, as far as entertainment value. I mean, the entire time I'm just thinking, you know, uh, and Randy, correct me if I'm wrong here, but from what I understand, this was written, shot, produced, everything during COVID, right? I believe so, yeah. And, you know, we're, we're in the woods 95% of this movie. Um, we and I mean, essentially, we're in the woods 100% of the movie because we open up, you know, the guys walking up and we're in a house for like five minutes. Yeah. And then we're like, all right, we got a two day journey. Here we go. And oh, off to the races we go. But I, I think act one and two built a beautiful foundation yeah. with this and just the um, 
foreboding doom of these two people who, let's call it, unprepared walking into the woods. and Unprepared for what awaited them. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And also, you know, going back to our protagonist uh, who you mentioned, I thought he did a great job. He's great. I thought he did a great job. I honestly, one of my favorite performances in the year because he was a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and it was great. Well, he was a perfect <clears throat> parallel for people kind of caught up in the COVID landscape because you don't know who to trust and you're, you're, you want to just be a good person. And if somebody gives you shelter and you're kind of in their care, yeah, what are you gonna do? Like you kind of, yeah, it's weird. And I, you know, Rishi, I mean, you know, he's he's doing his thing, man. You know, he's he's going over the top, played it cool, and then when it was time to show up, you know, we we got a little bananas there in Act Three. But um, and also, you know, as soon as uh, we will we will forego spoilers on this just because there, there's no rhyme or reason to me spoiling things. But. Sorry, it's been one of our f- best segments for um, <laughs> the show. I saw it coming a mile okay. away. I, and I'm sure you're not alone. I even I even told Josiah, I was like... Alright, you know, fuck it. We're gonna spoil it. Uh, the mushrooms farted, and I hated it. I was fart. fine with the mushroom I fart. I fucking hated the mushroom <laughs> I fart. I like the mushroom fart. You know, you used to be my, my brother, my partner, when it came to terrible CGI, and us, like, I didn't think that was terrible. I fucking hated it. I see, let me tell you something. I'm a man of the woods. <laughs> Alright? I cut my teeth on the back 40. Do you understand? Oh, no. On the back of a forty that's made of glass. <laughs> no, we had we had forty acres at at in my property, and we call it the back forty because it's in the back and it's forty acres. Okay, no mule. <laughs> Coincidental that it was forty acres. I thought you were talking like Mickey's or OE or something. No, man. You know, you see, you see. I thought that was fine. I did not like the farting mushrooms. It's way better than the fire in Benedetta. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you for agreeing with me on that. Look, I will never not agree with you on CG Fire's terribleness. No, it's, but what uh, I will say is that Benedetta superseded it. I, the thing yeah, is... Agreed. Well, also, I, I, we're not talking about Benedetta because I respect you. But the satire in Benedetta also felt like terrible CGI fire might be on purpose. Yes, he knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. He's 104 years old. <laughs> he's 87, <laughs> I think. Verhoeven is, yeah, he's great. He would not put a farty mushroom in his movie. Just farting humans. <laughs> <laughs> when appropriate, it's not like they're in a fucking lighthouse being like, oh, I never was in a fraternity and now we're doing it out here on this <laughs> island. That's totally big enough for us to all no, have and then own. And then also, you know, the all the stuff they were doing with nature with like, you know, the synthesizers and the lights and like, yeah. yeah. It, it also, I'm telling you right now, if you're epileptic, stay the fuck away. <laughs> well, that was the thing. <laughs> that was rough There's, for me. The major theme that I enjoyed in this was just kind of like uh, humans recontextualizing nature because they fucking invaded and like conquered and even like the trippy dream sequences were all electronic. So when that music opened up and it was like confrontingly electronic, I thought it was like a miscalculation, but then you get into the movie and you're like, Oh no, that was, that was calculated. So really good special effects here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, um, good use of it. Yeah. Good. Um, exclamation marks when it needed it. Yeah. The toes, the toes were good. Yeah. I love the toes. Um, actually, you know what? The isolation was better portrayed in this movie than in the lighthouse. 
Lighthouse never felt isolated. This movie, these motherfuckers Wrong. were getting weird in isolation. Wrong. Hundred <laughs> percent felt isolated. <laughs> you know, I don't understand your 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 I, qualms with the the lighthouse. No, they got farting dudes in that, and they got no isolation. They had a huge, beautiful island. Lighthouse and they is had a beautiful. A, film. They had an A twenty four fucking mascot. That there was it garbage. Is. There it is. Where you know, Scream Five. Why didn't you call out the fucking lighthouse? Lighthouse is great. <laughs> lighthouse is better than the Babadook. Oh, bullshit. False. 100%. Uh-uh. Randy, your thoughts? I like Babadook more. Yeah! Fuck all of wow. you! Wow. I'm shocked. More like the Babadookie. <laughs> How do you feel about the Northmen? Uh, I'm in. I am conflicted. I'm in. Is that ass or eggs? You, that's eggs. Okay, it's eggs. I, do, I am eggs over ass, but am I? I always, yes. I always mix the two up. You would, okay, th- you would okay. think my fun metaphor, like abbreviation, would help me. It doesn't help. It confuses Midsommar me. was a hunk of shit. Is that ass or eggs? That's ass. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Eggs. You know, the thing about eggs, I don't know if Vikings ever ate them, but on top of that, it's like when people make a metal musical. Vikings ate the fuck out of eggs. It's like, what are you talking about? It's like they're drifting into my lane. You know, my Tokyo? lane. It's No, no. I'm over on the shoulder. You know, yeah. I, I try to, I am a misanthrope. Don't come into my lane. There's weird shit over here. There's Zoom for D&D. You are not a misanthrope. <laughs> I'm a misanthrope. Can That's I my rant? territory. Okay, so I'm over here on my Zoom D&D. It's a very closed channel. People don't want to come in here. They make fun of us. Fine. So let me have my fucking dragons. Let me have my fucking Vikings. But now here comes Elevated Horror. He's going to float on over. I mean, fucking Assassin's Creed did it. Didn't help them. And now he's going to do it. I don't know. You know, have, among- you, ever, have you ever listened to him in an interview? Who? Eggs. I, I think I was there for, uh, he did um, Hereditary. No, that's, no ass. that's ass. you idiot. You <laughs> ass. That's ass, you ass. Wait, wait, the witch. I was there. I was yeah. in a room with him. With Chris Columbus. Actually, he probably saw me and was like, I'm going to make a Viking movie. He probably looked at me and was like, that, that Nord back there? Uh, you know what? He's inspired me. You have, you have this weird, th- I don't know what's happening with you. What do you mean? What's the, what's the weird thing? Okay, first of all, I guarantee you, <laughs> I guarantee you, if you were to rewatch The Lighthouse, uh-huh. there'd be a new appreciation for The Lighthouse. I, you know what? I just, and you can't really fight me on that, because you know I'm it not too. re-watching that movie. Unless we get some emails about it, which, by the way, uh, y'all motherfuckers wanted to weigh in on the CG snowflake thing. I'm not addressing any of you unless you put it in a goddamn email. I told y'all this, too. So email, or else you're not getting any fucking runtime. Yeah, scum. I, you know what? If I get an email and they say, please watch The Lighthouse again, I'll watch it. But y'all, you, y'all don't want to interact with us. We love you out there, and we see you listening. Why don't you say, are you scared? Are you scared of the venom that comes with uh, communication? Ooh, carnage. <laughs> are you scared of Woody Harrison? Wait, Woody Allen? Who was in that movie? Yeah, Woody Allen. Harrelson. <laughs> Woody Allen played Carnage. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a very specific type of carnage. I would watch that movie. Dude, if Woody Allen showed up in a Venom film. I mean, what am I doing here? <laughs> a big scary monster. Hey, did Bogdanovich die? Bogdanovich he did, thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I had him booked. Yeah. He was going to be the... Oh, God, I just realized. We had a, we had a whole line <laughs> of Overlook uh, bandanas that we were going to release. <laughs> Fuck! Oh, oh, can we do that? <laughs> we you mean ascots? <laughs> They're oh my god! What are you a Scooby Doo fan over here? Yeah, I'm, uh, 
Dude, we're gonna do Randy doesn't even get the reference. He's like, I didn't have a childhood. I don't know what the fuck Scooby Doo is. I watched Scooby a couple times. <laughs> oh my god, Scooby a couple times. I saw the film. Oh, the film is great, by the way. With uh, the killer from Scream. What, what do you think I rated Scooby Doo? The the live movie with, uh, with Matthew Lillard, three Prince. and a half. And uh, Sarah Michelle well, Gellar. The way you're saying that's probably five stars. Five fucking stars. Dude, I <laughs> loved it. Never saw it. Dude, it's so good. Never I, saw it. I, you want, dude, that, uh, next time you come downstairs, you say, I don't want to feel like we're watching homework. I don't want to do that. You always do that. Everything hey, is fucking homework. We're talking why about did, movies. Why in fr- I like Freddie Prince. He's charming. I do too. And also, he's a human. That's why he got out of Hollywood. He got in a happy marriage, and that's what they're doing. There you go. He figured it out. He married uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Also, you know what it is? I love mouth breathers. He's my male mouth breather. You, no, you don't like mouth breathers because you hate Eli Manning. No, but I love K-Stu. And he is the king of mouth breathers. No, no. K-Stu is a heavy mouth breather. So is Freddie Prince. You like me too, apparently. So You're not a mouth breather. Shut the fuck. <laughs> Randy, here's the thing. Me and Clark, we're the ones that suck. You have everything going for you. You just don't want to do anything yeah, with Randy, it. Randy, you don't, you're not a mouth breather. <laughs> You'd like produce some <laughs> photosynthesis or something. I am a literal mouth breather at night. Okay. I because have, I have I terrible sinuses at night. I have a deviated septum. <laughs> Oksana, what ailment do you have? Um, you can't count. Oh, look at the privilege. The fucking... <laughs> Russian Jew over I'm here. Probably allergic to cats. Well, you, she's going to lose yeah. her home country, the Ukraine. Uh, RIP 2022. Oddly enough, that was going to be our other guest for the lookies. Putin? <laughs> the, the Ukraine. A <laughs> uh, little note. Um, the Ukraine. A tight fit in this room. <laughs> uh, it's the population of California, the country of Ukraine. Is it? Yeah. Interesting. So we can make it work. We've lost about the population <laughs> of California was, here. Yeah. Just send them over here. They can move in. All right. You got anything else? Yeah, in the earth. Um, I don't know. I think I'm like a three and a half. I th- that's going to bum people out, too. People were stoked on this movie, but I think I missed out. We should have saw it in the theater. Man, go see in the earth if you have it. It's, it's really, it's, I, man, when it's good, it's good, man. It's good. I liked it. Actually, for Ben Wheatley, it's probably my favorite film he's done now. What else has he done? Randy, is there anything else that might uh, battle uh, a field in England, probably. Yeah, that's one people it. love. Well, I like it a lot too, but did Criterion, I haven't seen it in a long time. Is that a Criterion release, or did like Arrow put that out? Uh, it's not on Criterion. I don't know if it's. Oh yeah, if it's not out Criterion, on Blu-ray or not, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Reese Shearsmith is also in that as well. Hey, also call back to the TBR. Uh, the corroborators. You know what? One of the things. Hold on, I see you reacting. One of the things I learned from that movie. You know the Janice film. Uh, yeah. logo with the two heads they actually kind of like deconstruct what they think that means and they think in Rome it meant to look to the past and the future I was like that's oh, cool interesting I learned about a stinger bro <laughs> what do you know what Ben Wheatley's newest project is uh, I should as I was just looking at his he's IMDb doing page. the sequel to the Meg oh Meg too you know here's the thing yeah it's pre-production and you can't trust pre-production or announced. IMDb is like a fucking rumor mill. IMDb is QAnon. They're making up all this shit. He did an ad- adaptation of Rebecca. Oh, yeah. And people uh, yeah. It's on Netflix. hated it. Oh, it, well, people hate Hitchcock now. That's which a, is a travesty. It was on Netflix and no one talked about it because apparently it was a hunk of shit. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it existed. Brandy, did you watch it? 
No, I thought about it, but then I second-guessed myself and I said, why? So I just didn't watch it. Oh, come on. If Randy's not going to watch it, we can't talk about but it. But Randy, if you ask yourself why, then you should also ask yourself, why not? I'm Clark Little. <laughs> and this was episode <laughs> 300 and go fuck yourself. Uh, Randy, anything else? You want to take us home? Uh, yeah, we got plugs here. I don't know if you want me to do the plugs. Do the plugs. And plug um, I believe the day that this airs, Robbie Smith's Indiegogo for his feature film Grieve has seven days left. How many? So, seven days. Is I can't it? do the voice. As we tried. <laughs> you don't want to hear me try to do an impression ever. And uh, there's more uh, five announcements around the corner. So stay tuned. Wait, wait, wait. Do the voice. Clark, it's, it's your bread and butter. I giggle every time. Do the voice. Seven days. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that was in In the Earth. If there, there was like a witch. And a you know, I've, I've wanted to rewatch The Ring for a long time, but uh -huh. I am so scared it's not going to hold up. Oh, you should watch The Ringworm. We'll see you next week.